The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Tatecast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I am joined by my good friends from Club MGMI, which is, in my opinion, the best NFT podcast or YouTube show that you can find out there. I'm joined by Mr. Dangy Wing, Mr. Lou Dog, who's also at Lucky Trader, and CP Trey. Babs was not able to join us. We recorded this during working hours, and, and Babs is uh, still working for the man. But uh, we just sort of took a, a bird's eye view look at the NFT space. We talked looks rare. We talked some of the centralization concerns. Lots of uh, lots of the hot topics of the day. If you don't like NFTs, I'm sorry. You know, I still find them fascinating. If you do like the show and you want to support the TakeCast, you can subscribe on patreon.com slash TakeCast for bonus episodes of the show. And you can just leave a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts if you want to support the show that way. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcoming into the show, my Sherpas into the world of, of non-fungible tokens, one Mr. Dangy Wing, one Mr. Lou Dog, and one Mr. CP Trey. They are the uh, they are the hosts of Club NGMI. You guys can can watch that on YouTube. I've been on that show. You can also find it on. Uh, is it still simulcast on on Pete's channel as well? Uh, not as of right now. There's some weird technical stuff with the simulcast, but you know we're oh. still we're still buddy buddies with Pete. Don't worry, we haven't broken up. You di- you didn't get kicked out of the Discord oh, for, for, can, for being a paid shill. <laughs> Already, Davis. <laughs> Well, look, it is, this is, this is the show. I mean, that is, that's basically, that's basically the thesis of the show is someone's got to get mad um, listening to it. So guys, I mean, honestly, uh, the, the first thing that I want to talk about is looks rare because it's pretty interesting from a game theory perspective. Uh, it's not a good website. It is, it is, uh, you know, everyone complains about open sea right? Oh, you can't ever use it. It's always down. You blah, blah, blah. It's centralized, blah, blah, blah. And looks rare has some good things about it, but I will just say this as someone who functionally likes to buy and sell NFTs and wanted to do some wash trading to earn some more looks tokens. Uh, Lou, I mean, it's, it's basically unusable as, as a purchasing platform. Yeah. I'm surprised that they launched it so quickly. They had a little beta that didn't last as long, like the the private beta of it. And they just kind of opened it to the public, even with the issues that they had. So, I mean, it's nice to see a lot of people seem to be pretty bullish on it long-term and are accepting that right now it might be just some growing pains. But I mean, I think it has a lot of potential. They are doing some things that OpenSea wouldn't. And I think they're trying to leverage the stuff like like they're staking the tokens and just physically having tokens in general. I so, mean, the, the token thing is massive, right? I, I don't really yeah. think it can be overstated. If, if OpenSea had tokens, I mean, it, it incentivizes everyone for the platform to succeed. Yeah, I think um, we've been seeing a lot of the the board eight purchases have been switched over to, to LooksRare's platform because of the benefits of selling on there instead. So you've seen like the open sea volume going down on board ape specifically because of those returns. Dangy, explain explain the tokenization mechanism. And now I obviously completely 100 oh understand. So so why just for for other people who might not be um, as educated as me, can you explain the tokenization mechanism on looks rare? Uh, kind of. So. Full disclosure, I woke up at 4 a.m. I have a, a one-year-old who woke me up and that's around when the looks token dropped. So I literally bought the top of the looks token at first and then it fell by like 75% uh, in the following hours. So yeah, not an expert, uh, but basically what it is, is it wants to reward users. So 
One other advantage to looks is they've reduced the rake compared to OpenSea by 0.05%, which might seem small, but if you think that's small, go look at the OpenSea volume. Uh, just Google OpenSea volume traded and it's a gigantic number. So that much is gonna go back or stay in the community's pocket. And the other part is when they're trying to get off the ground, it looks where that is, is trying to get off the ground. They're incentivizing folks to use the platform by doing a, a rake back. If you stake your looks token, you will get looks token back per a certain APR. And you'll also get weft, which is wrapped Ethereum, back into your pocket as well, uh, based upon the trading volume. So they're trying to create a short-term, at least flywheel for people being interested in the product and generate buzz. So Davis, you mentioned wash trading. That was the big news early on was whales wash trading thousands of ETH, which is a lot of money, uh, trading back and forth in fake trades. Uh, they're real transactions, but they're not really sales and buys, but they were doing that to get those incentives into their own pocket. Uh, which was worthwhile depending on the token price. So they're layering on DeFi aspects into uh, this NFT marketplace, which is always interesting um, for us DGENs that are looking to, to find an edge. And this is currently an edge for sure over on Looks. So Trey, what's what's your position? Have you Did you buy any more Looks token than what was available from your original airdrop? Because I've been, I have been debating on if I want to add to the original position. I think I had 200 looks tokens, which is like, I don't know, 700 US dollars right now, like 0.2 Ethereum. And, uh, you know, I mean, that that's fine in terms of like adding on or whatever. But if if uh, right now in looks rare, it's like 750% yeah. APR. So it, it is very <laughs> tempting to add on to that position. For sure. Um, my initial, so... I'm not a dad. So I woke up that morning at, uh, <laughs> at uh, I think it was around 7.30 or 8 o'clock central time. And I woke up and we had been speculating on, we had been kind of hoping that Looks Rare was going to drop their token soon. We didn't know that it was going to be airdropped. So we were, we were kind of talking about how we wanted to, in our Discord chat, we wanted to buy the token right when it came out. And I think that was Dangy's thesis initially before we knew about the airdrop. So by the time I had woken up, I think it was 7.30 or 8, and the token was at near its bottom, I think, like at 150. So I bought, I added to my initial airdrop uh, position right away, and then I eventually sold that like maybe two days later. But now um, we've been kind of playing the trading game of, uh, it seems like people are obviously wash trading and then they get those rewards at night and dump them. So there's a little bit of a trend to it. So we, a couple of us have added to our positions and now I'm sitting on a decent amount of looks tokens, but I'm not using the platform a whole lot. Which is, I mean, I, I, that's both interesting and also dangerous. Like it is, yeah. it's very, it's very dangerous to be like, this is really cool for other people to use. Right. And, and, and that is a, a game theory mechanic that I don't, it feels like they messed up. Right. It feels like, a month more of beta testing and adding features and figuring stuff out probably would have been better because you, you don't want it to feel like Ponzi nomics, right? Like if, no. if, if everyone could use the website and was actually like looks rare was making a bunch of money, you know, they have the 2% trading fee or whatever, and people on the website are making money and they're actually doing their trading. But like what I've been doing is I've been looking up prices on things on OpenSea then finding that same token on looks rare and buying it or selling it on there, which I mean, Lou, like that, that's literally the opposite of how it's supposed to work. Like you're not supposed to be yeah. typing OpenSea.io into your browser anymore. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I think that's, that's part of the game right now is, you know, finding the best price. And I mean, we see it in other industries as well, where you just kind of like, like the props market on betting sports, like you just find yeah, arb spots. something you like and mm -hmm. you just, pick the best price or what's getting the best benefits from it. So like, I know some of the creator royalties got changed on the looks rare side. So that helped with obviously like the wash trading, like we saw with the purrs as well, where if you take the royalty down, you're incentivizing people to be selling your project on looks rare instead. Which is a problem. I mean, that is a, a problem with Ethereum at large, which is that, it doing small trades on the Ethereum mainnet actually makes no sense because you're taking such a, like, so just for example, uh, two, 200 looks tokens sounds like a lot, right? That's 700, 800 bucks, right? 
which in, you know, if I had 700, 800 bucks on Robinhood, I could just do X, Y, and Z, and I'd be taking very small haircuts. But if I want the, the, the cost of claiming my tokens, staking the tokens, swapping the tokens, if I wanted to unclaim, I mean, I, you'd lose 50% of your stack in Ethereum value via doing that, which, uh, you know, I mean, that that's a, a huge criticism of, of Ethereum and of Web3 and all this stuff is that it's, it's you know, dang it, it's only for rich people. Uh, how dare you throw to me after saying it's only for rich people, but you're, <laughs> you're, to you're, you're totally right in that you, you need to do that math when you're looking at the gas. Like we're, we're talking about staking the token. I've staked some, I bought and I've sold and I've bought again, and now I'm staking that stack. And I had to think through the gas to do all those transactions. And then what am I going to get back from this staking after the end of this period? So it's not as simple as when somebody says, oh yeah, I'm staking the token. Okay, great. But for how long, what's the APR? What are you looking to get the return on? And are you bullish on the thing long-term or are you just playing the game as far as the tokens? I think I am bullish on looks rare long-term and to your point, Davis, I think looking at OpenSea because their UI is a little bit better and more familiar to you um, and then buying and transacting on LooksRare is great. I, as a LooksRare token holder, is bullish on that because that's the, the UI stuff is easy. The tokenomics is hard. I believe they're, they're going to ship UI updates and creature comforts for you all to make it easier to sort things. But the bottom line is they were the first, uh, not the first, they were a major nft marketplace to open with a token and they're putting their money where their mouth is in some ways which is i support the community i want to give back to the community and incentivize you all to play around with us so i think looks fair is bullish long term i'm interested in that long term um if we want to get even crazier as far as platforms i know trey and lou know where i'm going with this there's a different one that's built uh creatively called onc uh it's being built uh it's going to be different I think uh, I don't know much about it. It's currently in like secret development, but when that comes out, look out for and OAC. Th this is a this is another marketplace. Yeah, it's there's a thing called pseudo swap, which is basically a feeless transaction uh, mechanism for NFTs, where you can swap things. If I wanted to trade one per for another with you, Davis, we could do it on yeah. pseudo swap feeless. And um, the developer for pseudo swap is building this marketplace, and it's kind of like if you think looks rare is less mainstream than OpenSea. This is much less mainstream, much more crypto Twitter and crypto native. So the people with millions of dollars of bags are going to back this project. So, uh, uh, I mean, this is the first time I've ever been bullish on a non mainnet token. Like it's the only time I've ever in my life considered using actual wealth and not, uh, you know, given airdrop wealth into purchasing more. Like I've never bought, I never bought Soul. I never bought, I, I, you know, the, the 2017 ICO stuff. Like I was like, this is all, cause you, the, the whole thing is you don't want to be caught dead. Uh, you don't want to be left holding the bag of something you never believed in, in the first place. Like that's yeah. a, that's a huge problem, but I totally see why an open sea competitor would do well. Why I'd want, like there, there's real utility for why this token should exist. Uh, I, I feel like the thing I haven't heard anyone discuss though, Trey is like, this Coinbase NFT marketplace is coming soon and probably is going to be far more functional when it first launches, but obviously is not going to be tokenized. Yeah, we just, it seems like we don't know a whole lot about the Coinbase NFT marketplace yet. Like they're, they're obviously working on it. They've, they're tweeting out partnerships with, you know, Ghost and, and different bigger collections and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting. There's definitely going to be a battle here because OpenSea is, I think the way that the market or, or Twitter or just the NFT space in general is perceiving OpenSea is they're kind of just taking the Web2 model um, and going that route. And, you know, there's rumors over IPO. They're not going to do the token. They don't have good customer service. It just doesn't feel like they're talking to the community. So it really, for another competitor to come in, they don't have to have this grand marketplace that is going to compete with OpenSea because what people want is just communication. They want the, you know, the platform to feel like, you know, they actually care about the people who are using their platform, whereas OpenSea just doesn't do that. So the fact that there's other competitors that are coming in and, you know, like LooksRare that are taking this massive Web3 approach where they're sending the earnings or, or the fees are getting push back out to the users and stuff like that, people are going to resonate with that a lot more than they are OpenSea. 
but it's going to take a lot to unseat OpenSea. That's for sure. I mean, they've been building for three or four years now. They're a true unicorn in the space. So I, I think we underestimate, you know, how powerful or, or how big they truly are because we wouldn't be, you know, none of this NFT craze would have happened without OpenSea. And, and they I'm have all the, in saying that. they have all the network effects. Like yeah. just like if you Google, like, how can I buy an NFT? You're going to, yep. you're going to get sent to OpenSea. Now, one, one thing is very clear though, which is that most people on earth, I, I will, I will, I will estimate 85% of people don't actually give a shit about decentralization and they would actually prefer in a world where they were dumb enough to have their board aid stolen <laughs> from them for OpenSea to have the ability to like reverse it and give them ownership back of their NFT, which I, I know from, this has never happened to me. I've never, you know, I don't keep anything on these exchanges or whatever, but Coinbase will do that for you. So if your Coinbase gets hacked and someone takes your coin, sends your coin somewhere, whatever, they will, you know, because that's the, the Coinbase stuff is actually done off chain and they, they hold all the liquidity. They will actually make you whole, which is, uh, I, I, I honestly like these these dipshit board eight people that get their apes stolen. I, I think they would prefer to be transacting on Coinbase where they don't have to worry about custodying their own assets. Of course. I mean, I would love a redo on my bad trades too and my mistakes. That'd be great. But also that's not how you learn. Um, I'm more and yeah, more but of But people don't care about things. learning, Danny. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> then what are you doing? Then then why are we in NFTs, right? Are we literally to make just money? To make a quick buck? It's literally just okay. To, it's literally just. I mean, not everyone, but you know, not everyone is Carlini building during winter. You know. Wait, it's winter. You didn't. You're supposed to tell me before it's winter, Davis. Oh, it, damn it! Look, I, gotta, I mean, I gotta go move. when I've been the, selling the tops here. Yeah. The next time, the next time I mint something, I mean, I will just guarantee that winter is coming. I was concerned because you you kind of left our chat for a little bit and then you're like, hey guys, you want to do a show? I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> Davis yeah. is back. Yeah. Well, I'm just so interested. Like the nothing in NFTs has been interesting to me in months until this looks rare stuff. Like you just be, I, it is like the, the game theory involved is fast and there's clearly so much money to be made. I mean, bro, we're so early. Like the, you we're know, not. what's the, what's the the thing that people say? Like there's only like, 350,000 wallets that have accessed OpenSea or something like that. Yeah, but that's all moot. I don't think we're early anymore. I think that sucks because- No, we are not, I'll get, we are not no, early. We are not early. Uh, Coinbase and MasterCard are partnering on their NFT, the Coinbase marketplace. Like I just on. saw like, that Trad, this morning. Yeah. TradFi is coming. Uh, they, they see the people who want money and they want their cut. So part of the advantage of the looks fair and the decentralization is I'm not paying the MasterCard 3% fee when I'm buying a board ape for $200,000. I'm paying the decentralized network that is propping everything up on the Ethereum network. So yes, there's still fees as an individual, but who are you really paying? That's, I think that's the question that I'm answering when I choose the decentralized version versus the centralized version. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. Uh, Lou, do you think that for NFTs to have like, like clearly, obviously, a lot of people have gotten very rich off NFTs, but they're they're not mainstream. I mean, maybe maybe your mom like knows what an NFT is or whatever. But for more people to to own and to purchase them, do you think that we do need basically the ability to do the top shot thing, which is you know buy with a credit card? I think that's that kind of is the way to start, in my opinion. Like that got a lot of people on top shot and understanding and then they branched out from there from there and i think just like yeah to onboard people i think it kind of is a, a good bridge where they're still just using like in this case like their mastercard to buy but then once they start selling stuff you probably can't withdraw out to your card so easily yeah. right like they're still going to be you're gonna still have to have a MetaMask wallet or probably Coinbase wallet in that case. Um, and just you're going to have to learn about the crypto side of it. So I think onboarding wise, like I'm fine with it, but if most of the people are onboarding that way, it does kind of move us back towards that like web two side of things. So um, I think, I think it's fine at least to start my opinion, I, I this is this is actually great. I'm gonna ask all of you this: How do you guys define Web three? Because I have a I have a definition in my mind on on what it is, 
but I, and, and this is what I've used to explain to people, but I'm curious how you guys would, would personally define web three. Um, Trey, if I can call you out, are you Googling web three right now? Are you Googling the no. definition of web three? Oh, no, I saw you. There is your, no definition monitor. of web three. We don't, we don't know what it is. I mean, it just came up. So how could anybody possibly definitively say what it is at this point? Um, I think everybody just has their own opinion on it. Yeah. Um, so it, it really is kind of hard to pinpoint. Um, I think it's, it's a more open, um, marketplace, right? It, you know, Kobe wrote a great article that just, it's called what, what the fuck is web three, right? So it's like, in, in my eyes, it's like, we're, we've got the Facebooks, the Googles, the Amazons that are basically using us as the product right now. Whereas in web three, we can almost come in and, you know, use these and actually be rewarded for using some of these products and systems and decentralized marketplaces, right? Um, so it almost like shifts where those incentives are, are kind of going. Um, so it really is hard to truly define what Web3 is, but I think it does in some form or fashion uh, move more towards decentralization because I think that people are getting sick of centralized powers, right? Whether it be in government, whether it be in media, whether it be uh, in banking and finance, I think people are just sick of these, you know, elites controlling everything, or at least the perception that they're controlling everything from the top. And, you know, Web3 is an attempt at fixing that. Um, how we end up getting there towards the finish line, that's that's a whole nother story. What do you think, Danny? Uh, I, for me, a big part of it is there's twofold. One, uh, I think trustless uh, is a big part of Web3. And I'll get to that in a second. The other part is um, I love... Clarence Thomas for this. It's like his definition of pornography. When I see it, it I know it because web three is like the website that you're interacting with. Yeah. Web two is the, the website you're interacting with. Web three is the back end. So the database, if you will, is the blockchain. So the, the trustless part is um, I don't have to believe that Amazon isn't going to steal my money or I don't have to believe that um, whatever company that I put my credit card information into is going to steal my money. I'm in control of it. It's my keys. It's my crypto. So I'm putting that money into a smart contract and getting an NFT out of it or transferring it over to whoever I want. So it's, I don't have to trust anything. It's, I know it. And the other phrase that's used is code is law. And that's a little bit hairier. And I, we could get into that if we really want to, but I think trustless is my key for web three. What do you think, Lou? Yeah, I think we're, we're trying to trend towards more decentralization in a lot of the ways that we transact just financially in general, but kind of what we were talking about before is I don't know if we can fully go that road. So that's where like people say web three and I think believe like a fully decentralized, decentralized world. But um, in general, like we kind of have to take baby steps to get there because like you're saying, there's a lot of people that they lose a board ape they're going to ask for it back. You know, they tag OpenSea. Can, can you do something on it? And, and they do. OpenSea, OpenSea yeah. will, will block the sale of the stolen ape, which, which is, is like... This is the dumbest shit. It's this so ridiculous. Like, I, cannot, I cannot believe they actually do that because it only harms the person who ended up unknowingly buying a stolen ape because their offer was accepted or something like that. It's yeah. incredibly stupid. Incredibly yeah. stupid. So what I, what I think is, is I think the easiest way to define it is just interacting with a website via a wallet instead of an email that I think that's literally the yeah. easiest way to explain it. Like I, like obviously there are these bigger, grander ideas, but I think just using a crypto wallet as your, like, you know, your little avatar, your, 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 your foray into exploring the internet. I think that's the biggest difference is that yeah. like that, that to me, because you know, that can be trustless and it cannot be trustless. I mean, you are, you're still, you're trusting your, uh, you're trusting these websites a little bit when you, when you log in with your, with your MetaMask that they're, that they're not going to take your board apes, you know, like there's still, there still is a little bit of trust involved. There's always going to be centralization. Like there's this, it, it's funny to see people like everyone's trying to create the next Uber in web three or the next you know, big thing in web three. It's like, right. not all of those, you're not just going to be able to copy and paste, you know, web two companies and concepts and just bring them into web three and say, here we go. You know, it's decentralized. So it's better. Like there's still going to need to be centralization, but I think moving towards decentralization and, and kind of making that a priority 
for for some products and, and users is going to be is going to be big and is is definitely a big part of web3 but yeah the the whole decentralization thing is definitely overplayed in people's heads davis I mean, on that like wallet identity login thing that's next to like anonymity and doxing in my yeah. view because i as a person i can have an infinite number of ethereum wallets you don't really know who's tied to who what's your take on doxing and being anon on uh web3 or on the internet writ large well, obviously, in, in my position, I'm like not anonymous at all, right? Like everyone knows who I am. I bought like my first, my name on all the user on the DFS sites is first name, last name. My Ethereum, my, my hot wallet for Ethereum is like anyone can access it and see the tokens I have and how much Ethereum is in there at any given point. And um, in, in a way, that's, I mean, that's certainly more transparent than than the real world, than traditional finance, than web too. I mean, you know, people can, can be rich and you can have no idea how much money they have, or, you know, there, there are lots of ways to represent wealth. So I, I actually think it's, it's, um, I mean, that's, that's like a cool thing about, about, uh, decentralized finance and about Ethereum and, uh, I mean, Bitcoin too, uh, obviously, right. Like you can, you can find Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, Bitcoin is even more traceable probably than Ethereum transactions are at least very similar. I, I don't know. There's yeah, they're similar, trans, similarly transparent. I mean, you can always hide money, I guess, with Ethereum through. I don't care. I'm not. I, I don't want. I know. I feel weird even saying the service, but Tornado Cash is the one that most people use to obfuscate where the money is going. But there's been uh, some drama in NFT Twitter on related to Beanie, uh, a big Twitter influencer who was recently doxxed, and basically the doxing was he was a scammer in NFT world. He was a scammer. Uh, alleged scammer in the NFT world, alleged scammer in the real world. Um, word is he's he's looking for lawyers for libel. So I'm going to go ahead and say alleged. So who knows? But that's where the doxing kind of comes into play for me. Of Like when these influencers get doxed, people get a pretty hard line of I'm pro-doxing, I'm anti-doxing. So I was just curious. What you yeah, but a, a fully a, a fully anonymous world is actually probably quite bad. Um, you know, I, I think you probably want to have like rep, like reputational concerns are responsible for a lot of like positive behavior. Like if, if you can't hold people's feet to the fire, like, like there, you know, there are all these problems with like scammers and um, like stuff in crypto that would never exist in traditional finance. Cause you would just be, you'd be, you'd be, you know, black belt, you'd be blackballed forever. You know, you'd never be able to do anything again in business once you had, you know, uh, effectively pulled off a scam or whatever. So that keeps people from scamming you or, that is not true in in Web three. You can you can scam and come up with a new personality and a new wallet, and and all you're you're back to scamming again. So yeah, all right, you guys you guys knew uh, you guys knew we we had to do this. NBA Top Shot. I'm I'm still bullish. I'm still so bullish. Why? Dude. Oh, oh, Why? dude what, what's going to make number go up? It's fun. That's that's literally like it's it it's fun. You can buy packs for nine bucks. You can complete challenges. Like admit admit to me this, you guys are all surprised that people are still buying all these packs. Like it is it is legitimately surprising to you that people still give a shit about Top Shot even after number went down and now number is more in the middle. But it, you you are all surprised by this. I think what you said is is like the big part of it is that it's nine dollar packs. It's not like you have to spend hundreds of dollars to get in and to play around in it. There's a lot of uh, moments that are less than $10. Like it's very cheap. And a lot of people still do want to get onboarded into crypto this way. And a lot of the stuff that they might need, it might cost like a hundred dollars to complete a challenge. And then you get a cool new pack and then you could open the pack for free. And um, that side of it, I think, I've noticed a lot of people are are having the fun with it now. It's less of the speculating on like this. Big this game is players. what I was begging for them to do <clears throat> when when Top Shot first came out, and I was doing the daily episodes. I was just begging for them to do shit like this. Like, give me just even small little bits of utility, and they did. And it's and obviously they have the ability to do more stuff like that too. Do you think it's it's bad for it in general? These flash challenges and it's sort of 
just steering people towards specific moments instead of speculating on people long-term? No, but you can do both, right? Because, because a lot of the challenges are like most points scored in a game, most minutes played in a game. And so if I'm like, Lou Dort is the greatest basketball player of all time. <laughs> Lou Dort is going to make multiple all defense teams. Every time Lou Dort has been in a challenge, my uh, my uh, account by moment ranks like evaluation or whatever it goes way up because I have like twenty of his moments and like so so you you can do a little bit of both. Um, the 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 thing they're doing right now that is tilting me to the the fucking moon. I mean, just it ruins my whole week when this happens. They do these flash challenges, and a, a, a rookie this year will make it into the challenge. They'll, they'll they'll play the most minutes, got the most rebounds, or whatever. And then Evan Mobley's three star rookie moment costs twelve hundred bucks, and you're just like, great, like I, I, I that, which is, I mean, I think that's fine, right? For the people who were like, oh, I bought a nine dollar pack and I got a twelve hundred dollar Evan Mobley um, moment or whatever. But the, I, I'm not, I, I didn't want to bring this up just to talk about Top Shot. I do, I do, I'm still bullish on Top Shot. I, I'm in line for a pack right now and I'll be buying uh, $100 worth of completely meaningless moments very shortly. But the reason why I think Top Shot is interesting is I think they are the only business right now that has done this phrase that people say on NFT Twitter all the time, which is, People are going to start interacting with NFTs, and they're going to have no idea that they're even inter- that it's an NFT. That it's just it's just a product they use, and they do it for X, Y, and Z. And Top Shot is the only big brand right now that has pulled that off. I have real life buddies who don't have an OpenSea account, don't own any Ethereum, don't have a MetaMask, but they love Top Shot, or they they got on NFL all day or whatever. And I I think that's fascinating because. Dapper and Top Shotter is a, I mean, everyone hates them. You, no one ever says anything nice about, about Dapper. <laughs> I think Top Shot always, it comes down to the incentives, right? We've already established that at least some of us on the NGMI side, we're speculators. We want money, uh, period. End of story for, for some aspects of things. I think it's great that you, Davis, are having a great time. I love that your normie friends are paying $9 for their credit card to put money in the ecosystem. That's awesome. And then maybe that'll hook 10% that want to get on the DGen side of the Ethereum side of things. Great. So then come on down and, and play in this casino too. So I think you're right that they're doing a really good job of onboarding folks, which is really hard to do to get into NFTs. Like my stepmom who's in her late sixties was like, Oh, well, what do I buy in crypto? And my dad, who's in his early seventies said, Oh, you should look to buy crypto on TD Ameritrade. And I was like, Oh my God. Uh, we're dusted for getting that generation, which I know we're never recruiting that generation, but still they could buy an NBA top shot very easily because they've spent money on the internet. So I do think top shot and Dapper have done a really good job of onboarding folks. It's just not for me, uh, per se anymore, uh, in my kind of crypto lifestyle, I suppose. Trey, do you, do you use top shot Trey? Uh, I don't, I don't go on much anymore. I still, I have. He he was in there for the last legendary drop. I, I or the yeah. the run it back drop. We were both in the line. Yeah. yeah, I was in there. I don't. I you know if there's a big pack drop, I'll jump on there. Like if people are posting it, but I definitely do not follow Top Shot the way that I was back in you know mid January to like mid March of last year when it was just like peak, just everybody going nuts for it. It is interesting though. Like they definitely onboarded. I think so many people from our discord specifically got onboarded through top shot and then made their way into, you know, crypto or just into ETH mainnet NFTs in it. You know, we got into it that way, but I still have friends that I got into top shot that didn't make that leap into NFTs and Ethereum and other stuff that are still doing it. Um, that are still buying. I didn't even know they were doing it. They were like, Oh yeah, I still jump on and buy, you know, top shot packs yep. all the time. And I was like, really? Um, because I don't. And I was the one that got you into it. Right. So, it, it is funny because it definitely appeals to the, the normies uh, a lot more. And I think, you know, they had that huge, I don't even know what Top Shot is technically worth now. I think the last valuation a was lot like of, $3 a lot of money. billion dollars yeah. or something. Which is, mean, is funny because the NFL yeah. product, by the way, I don't know if any of you guys are in the beta. It fucking sucks. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, so bad. It, it's I, so bad. <laughs> I was in like the first pack drop that they had i was in the early beta and i missed it and then i haven't bought one since because there was punters and kickers and stuff like that but in general i do i'm still i still have a little bit of bullishness left in me on on top shot just because they're worth so much 
my main concern would be the team because I don't, you know, they obviously did a great job onboarding people, but then once, once they onboarded all those new users, it was a really, really a struggle from there. Um, so hopefully they can kind of get that, you know, figured out and that they can kind of move forward from there. But yeah, in general, I mean, I, I could see it going nuts again. That's for sure. It's, it's much easier to, to get people onboarded. One, one thing that's interesting is they have sort of solved the rent seeking problem via the complete worthlessness of the $9 packs. The, because that, that was, a if you guys remember back in like March, kind of tail end of the mania, everyone was like, this is garbage. Like I I'm buying these packs. I just am on here to get the packs. I don't want to buy any moments. I don't want to do anything. And uh, now that, now that the $9 packs, I mean, you're like, you're, I don't know, 5%, probably even less than that to bink something that will sell for even a hundred dollars or more. So, so a huge majority of the people who are on top shot are just doing it because either they understand that they're gambling. Cause that was a big problem in, in March was people who don't really understand gambling or risk-taking or speculation or whatever. And they were, they were just like, I, I just want, I just want my free money, please. Like money, please, you know? Yeah. And, and so I think a lot of those people are, you, you know, just got discouraged and disincentivized or whatever. And the, the collector score stuff, um, you know, do, like if you don't have a bunch, if you don't hold a bunch of moments, you're not even eligible to buy the more expensive packs really. So I'm still bullish. But I, I guess the, my question is like bullish on what bullish on being able to get money out of your investment bullish on just getting enjoyment out of your time. Yeah. Bullish just investment? on bullish, just on that or, or that like the fact that I have, I have like a 5,000 collector score. I have my sets completed for my favorite team and I will occasionally have all the moments required to do a flash challenge and get free cards. And it'll, it'll like, it, it's not something that's going to suck. Like if I, if I do get a thousand dollar pack, I will probably be able to rent seek a little bit there. That's nice. Like it just, it, it, it's, it's like a, I, I guess what I mean by bullish is just that the, Top, the top shot fud of like it's going to zero dapper stealing your money it's way overvalued like I, it's just a fun little product to use and i don't think it's like going the way of beanie babies where like you know no one no one gives you like for example the the impending crash that i think will happen in crypto and in nfts where we're gonna have like eight thousand dollar bitcoin four hundred dollar ethereum and and nfts will be a lot cheaper i actually think top shot will be fairly resistant and that and people will still be doing it because it's more like a game now and they've already gone through that kind of severe correction uh once and i know crypto has gone through a, a few corrections but i i think it's great that you genuinely like the product and, and have fun when you log onto the website uh the fud that you hear from us ethereum nft folks is that we can't just print money and we want to print money and i think that's what when we say we're bearish on it because oh roham kept printing more more uh, top shot moments. So then more the price too, went too down. many, too many quickly moves. Yeah. Like, so yeah, <laughs> price went down because there was too much supply. Like that's how it works. I, I don't, I know how economic theory works enough to know that. So if you're having fun, awesome. I think it's great that you love your thunder. I'm mad that you shilled the SGA to me and I bought it at the top, but it was a good tax loss harvest. Which, in the which one? Which one? I don't even remember. I don't care. All, all the SGs, all the SGAs I bought are are still in the green. When every time, every time I check my my moment ranks or whatever, it's like one of like my six moments that my six <laughs> expensive moments that's still in the green. I mean, I have a bunch of, I have I like I am I'm honestly someone that should be mad at them because I bought the top on a lot of shitty moments that are are totally underwater that are thousands and thousands of dollars underwater, but you know, you, you know, you win some, you win some, you lose some, sometimes you get an ENS drop worth a couple thousand dollars and you sell the top mm -hmm. on that. And it's, it's all good. Uh, so while we were talking about this, Lou, do you think there's room for something like this on Ethereum? Like a more, like not, maybe not necessarily a game, but more something that actually is more collectible and not meant to be like a total windfall, but like something that you actually like interact with daily for like years yeah i think it's it's kind of tough with ethereum because of the the gas fees and that's yep. where we're we're somewhat more bullish on like the the layer two stuff or side chains like like polygon and um 
these places that cost less in gas fees. Because when you transact on Top Shot, even if you're just listing something, delisting it, like it's not costing you anything. So I think that's right. the benefit of being on there every day and collecting. Oh, I have you know six hours to collect these eight moments from last night's game. Yeah, you can go on and you know it's kind of a rush against everybody else. But um, I don't really think Ethereum is is set up to have that sort of game on it. Uh, but from, at least not like, right collectors, now. Right. Um, like from a collectibles standpoint, this is something I that I think we've kind of gone back and forth on. But uh, I think Art Blocks is something like that where it's designed more to be collectible, collectible art. And I think a lot of people in the game right now are not really collecting things for the joy of just collecting them, uh, except like specific projects. You have like Art Blocks, the the Ghosts collabs um like the drifter shoots like is there any is there any things. utility with art blocks like if they tried to to map out like you know having the token gets you x y or z i don't really think they've had too much utility with theirs um the ghost ones he has because it's like if you collect if you have certain things then he'll airdrop you new pieces and a lot of those new pieces are worth something or like if you collect sets um i'm not sure if Artblocks does anything with sets as of now. They um, did. I think they did at one point. They you had to collect certain. It might have only been with that specific artist, but you had to collect like certain pieces, and then that gave you access to another drop or something like that. But that's pretty much the extent of it. For the most part, they are just collectibles. They did a token drop at one point, didn't they? There, it, it was like a one year anniversary or something like that. It was just an airdrop. Um, I think if you had held at least one art blocks by X date, then you got airdropped their like one year anniversary item. Um, but I don't think they have anything that's sort of long-term continual utility. Um, they're on like fractional, which you could have, you can invest in. Oh, that's interesting. Created sets. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that that's probably the closest thing, but that's still like a third party doing it. Um, so I think that might be an issue right now in NFTs is like, there's such demand that people need something that to differentiate. And if you don't have any sort of utility that just gets thrown way to the back. So what, what is the general temperature of, of NFTs right now? Um, like are, are people minting like crazy? Are all the projects focused on like utility? Like, are we still doing, 10k pfps i i honestly do not i i the last thing i minted was a utility token actually i minted um a bunch of uh the nft league when they were when they were which i i am it's it's again it's tough to do on the ethereum mainnet but i i'm like bullish on the intersection of like nfts and fantasy sports games so that was like fun for me but i i haven't minted i i think the last 10k pfp i minted might have been uh the the tokyo tens i i think that might have been the last one or maybe 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 even a dustier one than that maybe even like the shroots or something like just total dust davis this is going to be hard for you to hear but um you were early to the current meta that we've been seeing the last couple of days and i've been thinking about you a lot because just we're minting the, shit the, uh nope um this the simp dow meta is what we're calling it where oh uh, the the alexis ren nft that was so sharp of me and to not get paid on that is so brutal i don't even know that that's minted out yet actually but there's probably like not 10 10 other ones that have popped yeah. up in the past like 72 hours it's it's off i, I can't believe it. it well i can just because it's a bunch of horny dudes at home no that it does it does make sense right like that actually oh, yeah. does, given the people oh. that are into crypto minting pictures of attractive girls and that gives you like utility to like interact with them is like, I mean, that's, that's like, uh, you know, it's like the buying a thousand product market. Fit. It's like buying a thousand dollar bottles of champagne at the club. You know, it's, it's basically the digital version of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. It's, I'm, I won't be participating in. in yeah, such, I am. Yeah. I'm out. But but that um, is a that is a thing that people are doing. Is that that's the meta right now? 
yeah well it, it has been it's died Maybe down the and that, that's, yeah that's what's crazy when you say the temperature of nfts it's like what scale are we talking about it's like when you're looking at a crypto chart and do you look at the daily chart do you look at the weekly chart do you look at the well in my perspective one, one i'm looking chart. at i'm looking at like the three month chart like where are we at where oh. are we at compared to when we all realized that minting every 10k pfp project was not a winning strategy um, we're in what Lou said, in my, in my view, you need something different. You need a differentiator of some sort, a slight twist, mm-hmm. and then it might work. It might not work. A recent one was through, uh, Nate Alex had chain faces arena where you could mint these things and then you put them in the arena and then the, the code, the smart contract runs and it says X, no X percentage of these die. And then you have a dead one and then it's forever dead. And then the, at, at the end, the winner gets the, the purse, whatever the, the value was of it. Now the game theory and the tokenomics of that, uh, suck. And Nate Alex knows that. And so he's going to run, run it back. But that's one that was new that we hadn't really seen of you grab them, you throw them in the arena, and then they fight. So that's kind of neat that I was interested in that sort of a twist. But otherwise, you're just gambling on different 10K PFP projects, essentially, right now. So is there, where, where are we at with the, what's the, the play, play to earn gaming? Where are we at with NFT gaming? Is there a product that exists? Is this going to happen? I mean, it, it's probably impossible on Ethereum, right? Like it, it literally is just like right now, the way Ethereum works, it, you, you can't do it. Yeah, most, most games are moving to Polygon or a different L2. Um, just because if it's high transaction, it's just not, yeah, like you said, it's just not going to work on, on Ethereum. Um, I don't know if you consider DeFi kingdoms, you know, NFTs plus gaming, then, then that's kind of the, I guess they're kind of pioneering that movement right now. Uh, that's where a lot of money and capital and, and just overall conversation on Twitter and discord is, is surrounding DeFi kingdoms and how they're gamifying their, their decentralized exchange and, you know, bringing in the heroes and NFTs to, you know, unlock your jewel and stuff like that. And there, a there's really a cool token, concept. right? Yep. The jewel token. Um, and, and these guys are way more into it than I am. So they can talk more about it than I can, but I know that, you know, a lot of people are really excited about that because now other exchanges, I mean, you go to a decentralized exchange and it's just boring. Like you can swap, you can trade, you can be a liquidity provider, but that doesn't really appeal to the, to the common person. Right. Whereas like, you know, you go onto an exchange and you go to a little trader guy and it looks like you're playing Zelda, you know, it, it feels it's a little blast of nostalgia there too. Yeah. Like world of Warcraft, but for yeah. crypto. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it does, it does sound interesting. My, my criticism the entire time has been none of these crypto games sound very fun. And that yeah. that's an issue. The game's got to be fun. Right. And yeah, my, individual, my individual thesis is, um, and I'm still debating this for DeFi kingdom in particular, uh, sell before the actual game comes out um the the lou knows the real ones know and this is my uh like origin story almost is our planet was an old game on the wax blockchain and it was up 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 only until um they didn't ship robot fighting was literally the end of the go- end of the game was like oh you're gonna pay these things to ro- have robots fighting okay cool I, i'll fight robots and then it never showed up and the price crashed to almost literally zero so that's my been my experience with play to earn and so i'm for these, uh, in general, I want to get out before they have to actually ship a game because making a game is hard. As you'll see, yeah. Microsoft just bought Activision and Blizzard for $69 billion. So they would rather buy a game studio than make their own. So I, I want to get out before the game happens, by, by and large. And, um, you know, and, and also there's like this, like the gaming, like the game, the, the primary gamers, the primary gaming community hates NFTs. They don't, they don't want, nfts involved in their game which as someone who's played a lot of video games in like i nfts in video games sound amazing to me because i've probably i i would guess in my life i've paid fifteen thousand dollars probably cumulatively on on shit in games right whether it be downloadable content games in general packs inside of fifa and madden and shit like that and and the ability to to actually like get some of your money back from those things sounds amazing. Like you 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 download the new Call of Duty and you pay, I don't know, you know, 10, 10 Matich uh tokens for a, a new skin or whatever, but you can sell that skin on. I mean, why why don't why don't people want this? Yeah, I think that's what I always thought these games would be moving towards. And it seems like a lot of them are planning on 
developing it themselves. And I'm not really sure kind of how that would work unless you're coming from one of these older, like, like something like Blizzard that clearly knows the industry itself. So some of these bigger brands are trying to connect with, with uh, each other in order to develop these games. But I feel like it's going to take a little while still to actually build them out into playable games. Cause if you want people staying in the, the ecosystem of that product, then it has to be a fun game. That's where I kind of agree on your end that the um, like fantasy sports games, I think will come and be more usable. Be- because you don't need to dev that shit out. Yeah. Like, I mean, you do, but you don't need to actually like code out a game. Like, you know, you don't need, like you don't need to make Red Dead Redemption on Polygon or whatever to <laughs> actually like make something fun for uh, for people to play. Uh, the airdrop, the airdrop meta, right? ENS, SOS, what this, this fees dot, I didn't, I didn't do that one. Um, the, the looks token. Uh, I, I will say as someone who loves crypto, very skeptical of, of very skeptical of the airdrops, very skeptical. Think, think this is, gives me big 2017 vibes, gives me big flashing top signal vibes, because this is lots of people providing liquidity, hoping that their thing succeeds, whatever their thing is. Right. Cause that's how these token drops work is that. Uh, you know, you, you, you put, I don't, you know, a thousand Ethereum as the backing for this token. And that's, that's like the, that's like the liquidity like that, that as a meta for existing in the crypto world seems unsustainable to me. Uh, and in my view, you're thinking about it wrong. You don't need them to ship a product. You need other people to think they're going to ship a product and then you're fine. You got to go one layer deeper as a trader. And I'm terrible at that because I'm like, oh yeah. Well, this, like I mentioned Pseudoswap before, if you go to the Pseudoswap website, it looks like Windows 95 on purpose. And so I think it's part trolley, but also people believe in it. And crypto Twitter, people have a lot of money that they're going to back this thing with. So that's what I look for on these tokens is not really, um, I know this is kind of counter to what I said with looks rare, but don't really worry about the, the middle IQ take of what is this token used for? Worry about Will other people think the token is used for something? No, but do you really see do you do. see why that logic in and of itself would be a flashing top signal? Because because if you're 100%. if you're just try if you're just trying to to hand the bag off to someone else, like never in my life would I ever be like, no one will have a use for Bitcoin or people are going to stop building on Ethereum forever. And th- these tokens I I have could go to zero, but. I would not re- like if if a looks token in six months was worth zero dollars and zero cents, um, that that would not surprise me. Same for for uh, SOS or whatever. Yeah, I think I think there's gonna be there's gonna be projects that take advantage of this airdrop meta, but there's also like the airdrops themselves. I think is a really cool concept, right? Because yes, it does kind of embody Web three rather than Web two. Whereas if a Web two company built build something out and they gained traction, they would probably go to VCs and try and gain capital that way. And then now all of a sudden, all their future profits are, are now going to those, you know, investors, accredited investors, mostly whales that, you know, the average retail investor never would have had access to, even though they were pioneers in early adopt, you know, being an early adopter of that platform and being an early user of that platform and then not getting anything from it. So the airdrop itself is really cool when they, you know, looks rare can say, okay, OpenSea isn't giving you a token, but we're going to give you a token, you know, basically equity in our, in our product uh, based on, you know, your activity on OpenSea is pretty cool. Right. Um, And it's a really interesting way to onboard a bunch of users that didn't like that product, but hey, maybe they might like ours um, and then incentivizing them to use it too. So there's going to be people that take advantage of it for sure. Products that pop up and do an airdrop just so that they can dump on people. But there's also going to be, you know, airdrops that are, you know, like ENS and maybe like looks rare that are actually legit and that people are actually bullish on going forward. I mean, you know, like strategically, it is it is definitely interesting to, to have your liquidity backed by people instead of by like you know a couple rich dudes but it it, you know like i i get i certainly get why someone from the outside someone from traditional finance someone from someone who is is looking at crypto like 
you know, you're all a bunch of fucking rubes. You're all idiots. Like, like, <laughs> oh, you just, you, you just think there are no consequences to an economy where you get airdropped $5,000 worth of shit once a week. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily smart enough to map out what all of those negative consequences would be other than eventually, or, or at some point, um, people are, are just, they're, they're not incentivized to use the platform and they're just incentivized to dump the token, which is not great in general. So that's where, that's where we're at. Um, sure. what else, what, what else is interesting in the NFT space these days? That's most of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. What's on your mind, Dangy? I don't, I don't want to talk NFTs. Like, I feel like you came to chat with us and s- somehow you got your grubby little hands on a token to get in our discord. And you're like, oh yeah, NFTs are cool. I love it. Buddy, I minted it. I minted. I was a. I was a. Yeah. No one. No one has even given me a man's token. I had to. I had to mint. I had to pay for my for my club NGMI token. Thank you for your service. Uh, I hope you got got pizza shipped to you. I don't know if we if we got. You I, did. Pizza, I did. I did. I I did get pizza. Uh oh. Two questions for you, Davis. Did we ever figure out the um the glitter bomb? Did we get to the bottom of that? No, I think it was, I think it was, I mean, obviously it was someone from the club. It had to have been. There's the, it's the only way. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the other one is you masqueraded as an ETH guy and an NFT guy, but you were a Bitcoin boomer the whole time. I listened to you on a recent I never stopped, talking. never stopped being a Bitcoin boomer. I guess, I don't know. Maybe, maybe our crew just got mad at you and you knew, you knew the vitriol you would get as ETH maxis over here, but I just still can't believe how much you love boomer coin and just doesn't do anything. doesn't move. Just some price. It's not action supposed up and down. to. It's not supposed to buddy. <laughs> it's uh, not fun. Yeah. But not come, everything, come. not everything you gotta, you, you know, I eat, uh, I, I just had oatmeal for breakfast. Not cause I really wanted to eat oatmeal, but because it's uh, good and nourishing for my body after I go home from the gym and I won't be hungry for another six hours. Cause it's stuck to my ribs. It, Fair it, enough. It, I had pizza for lunch. So yeah. I mean, the Ethereum is Ethereum is literally cold pizza for, for lunch. Like that, like it's fun. You're you know you're gonna like bo- boomer coin has a purpose. And I mean, you know, other other boomer coin people will tell you actually, you know, we're building all this stuff on boomer coin and uh you know and and we have strike and we have the lightning network and and you know people in Nigeria are using this, which like all of that stuff is true. I'm not, I'm not one of the, the Bitcoin people that feels the need to wedge themselves in every conversation about uh, Tether and Ethereum and be like, actually, Bitcoin is better because of X, Y, or Z. B- basically, the reason why Bitcoin is the best is because there's only 21 million. The network effects are never going anywhere. And it's, it's, it's the only perfect decentralized money. I, I love Ethereum, but it is not perfectly 100% decentralized. It's just not. And that's that. And also it costs like 200 American dollars to run a node, uh, to run an Ethereum node. You have to have 32 Ethereum. So that is also different. There's like staking services that you can use like Lido and other places where you can, you don't, you are definitely not going to have to have 32 ETH. See that what what you're doing, what, what, what Trey is doing right now is, is, is like, if you levy a criticism against Bitcoin, the Bitcoin maxes will be like, actually, if you use this service, no one's ever fucking heard of. No, I'm not even criticizing you. I, that is that was not meant as a criticism. Just that. The, oh yeah. The the Ethereum maxis have their own positions. The Bitcoin maxis have their own positions. Yeah. Uh, some of which I I buy some of, of the Ethereum maxi positions. The Bitcoin maxi positions are more interesting to me philosophically. Ethereum is more interesting to me as like a a part of society, whereas Bitcoin, you know, is like how do you choose to like interface with the world? Like what, in what lens do you view the world? It's very different. Yeah, I agree. For, for me, the answer is ha- own both, have both. That's the real mm-hmm. answer. It's fun to have these philosophical arguments and poke the, the Bitcoin bull uh, that's Davis. So yeah, I, I think we're, we're copacetic on, on this conversation in general. I, I, not financial advice, buy Bitcoin and Ethereum. I mean, I've, I've said this in the club before I, 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 and I've, I've taken the heat for it, but like someone was like, I literally own no Bitcoin. Like, I, I think maybe it was Eric or something. I was like, I don't even, I don't even own any boomer coin anymore. And I was like, I don't literally, I don't right now. I don't have, I, right I just, now. I can't, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine, um, buying the concept of private money, using private money 
every day having a mask and being like, well, I, I like this one private money and I don't like this other private money, which is why, which is why I, I, in lockstep, I mean, my, I, I buy a hundred dollars of Bitcoin and a hundred dollars of Ethereum every week. And I've done so for five years or whatever. And I, I've never been like, also, this is another thing, like four years ago, there, there wasn't Bitcoin maxis and there wasn't ETH max. People were just like, mm. I like, I like both of them and I want to have more of them. It's, it's a very uh, recent thing. Cause the, the, uh, the Bitcoin people, they, they feel very left out. They, they let's just be, let's just call it like it is. They feel very left out that NFTs are dominating the conversation and that you can't do, you can't do DeFi with Bitcoin and you can't get, you don't get airdrop thousands of dollars of wealth on Bitcoin. Like, it's just be like that 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 bums them out they wish that they were a part of that but that's the point it's the same that's thing the whole with point of ETH people though ETH people are feeling left out that you know everybody's going over to avax and you know some of these other chains and getting all these rewards and playing around with no fees and stuff while they're just stuck on mainnet right um so it all eventually trickles down yeah it's just uh, it's just crypto maturing like competition is good but pull it full circle this is what we talked about with the nft marketplaces we like competition so people can pick the chain that they like they can pick the coin that they like who cares uh, I, I think if you're mm-hmm. at this point i know we're super late uh in general in crypto world but if you're not interested in crypto or learning about it uh do better go read about a crypto somewhere well you're either you're you're super late in the near term like you're super late in like a five-year window but you're still super early on like uh a 100 you know a 50 year window or whatever that that's what i that's what i tell people like people are like yeah. bitcoin like you people say this all the time you know you're too late you're too late to buy bitcoin or, or ethereum or whatever i see these threads from crypto people and i'm like bro zoom out on the fucking chart this is an asset class that did not yeah. exist 10 years ago and it's yeah. worth multiple trillions of dollars like just like uh crypto is eating the world i mean we we got we got walmart is doing you know, uh, uh, they're, they're coming up with their own crypto wall. And like, it, it, this just not a genie you put back in the bottle. Like well, yeah, that's literally too far along at this point. Yeah. You literally cannot. And that's, that's the ma- macro bull case for crypto. And I just want to, uh, be self-referential. I just said an hour into a podcast about crypto for people to buy crypto if they haven't already and to investigate it. I'm an idiot. If you're this deep in, you like crypto. Yeah. So no, yeah, no, welcome, that's welcome not true. Way. People listen to this show who don't like crypto at all. Who, who, oh. who, who just, uh, some people just like to get mad. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. I, I you know what, actually, I want to talk more about, about layer two stuff because, you know, as someone who's not an, F, an ETH maxi, I don't, I don't think that much about it, but you guys probably have strong opinions on like how a layer two should interact with Ethereum and like, which one is the best and, and shit like that. Uh, I don't have, well, let's like start a, with this. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Lou. I was going to say, I don't, I don't have a good, like, which one's best, but I do think if we're going to go down this path of, like, decentralized finance being, like, the future of finance, um, then I do think it makes a lot of sense to be on layer two where you can have multiple transactions a day and they're not costing hundreds of dollars each time, that they're costing, in some of the cases, like, cents, right? So, I just think these other chains are going to allow for people to get into DeFi more and to be finding these the better APRs than just holding money in your just regular savings account. But um, so isn't one of the problems, though, that basically these chains are cheap to use and cheap to operate because they're not as popular. But if everyone who is using Ethereum went over and started using Polygon, then wouldn't it become just as expensive? Correct. Or similarly expensive, because then if people use it, then the token price goes up and usually it's paid out in the native token and yada, yada, yada. So it's the whole idea of um, to solve traffic, you don't build more highways just because more cars just fill the highways and there's more traffic. Um, one one nerd technical note, L2 versus sidechain versus L1 is kind of an important distinction. And L2 is built on Ethereum, as in Ethereum, the blockchain is the security layer versus a sidechain slash L1. That's a semantic difference that some people might upset about who cares but those are just completely separate blockchains so there's a little small difference there um to note but there are some even with zero fees and i saw um shout out to andy uh from club top shot fame and fractional fame he even asked a a founder like how does the tech work because there's one with zero gas fees right now which is aurora 
which just blows my mind. I don't understand how that even works, but I, I do think the different L1s are going to be important for the maturing of uh, crypto in general, because they're going to have different use cases. Some are going to be good for gaming. Some are going to be good for DeFi. Some are going to be good for NFTs and some are going to be good for normies. And that's great. So I, I just have your eyes open for different chains and then think about them because some are going to be pure vaporware and some are going to be incredible technological leaps that I can't even understand. So I'm bullish on L1s and L2s as well. I made, I made my first Polygon transaction yesterday. I'd never, I'd never used it before. Didn't know how to use it. I never got into Zed. So you no, never at the horse Smiz, racing? Smiz, Smiz sent me um, a horse, uh, an unnamed foal, but I never, <laughs> I never raced him. Cause I, isn't, isn't it, aren't your horses more valuable if you never race them or, or name them or whatever? Like, isn't their resale value better? I, I, I don't know. I, no, I don't the, know. The, it depends on the breed now. I haven't really followed it the last few months. Yeah, um, the, the short, the short prices answer is have no. gone down significantly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know that that would be your horse is worth a whole lot if it was, you know, bred with two Genesis buterins or whatever, probably, you know, less than 0.1. Um, no, I used it to, I used, uh, I used Polygon to claim my planet for my, for my wanderer. And it was, oh, yeah. it, it cost me like six cents to claim or whatever, which was amazing considering, uh, you know, <laughs> these, these Perlini drops that we're getting, we got to pay, <laughs> we got to pay 0.08 ETH to, uh, to claim our, our token worth 0.05, you know? Um, all right, dang, you got anything else? Or are we, we going to get out of here? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Trey, Lou, Trey. No, thanks for having us on Davis. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having Beautiful us. guys. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, everyone make sure to, to listen to club MGMI on, uh, on YouTube. I, it's, I, I would say, Tuesday mornings is when it should be, but normally Wednesday mornings is when the podcast ends up on, uh, on iTunes. I listen to it on, uh, on the stairs at the gym. It's great. If you are like me and need to come keep up with the space and don't have the time to do it every day and, uh, we'll be out of here and, uh, we'll be back next week.